It's time for Around the Ozarks in 5, brought to you by Talking Rocks Cavern. Explore the beauty above and below ground at Talking Rocks Cavern. The Springfield Green County Park Board reminding you to go play and Roto-Rooter Plumbing and Drain Service. Call Southwest Missouri's best plumber today for a free estimate. Here are your hosts, Ethan and Sarah Forhats. Hey, hey, Thursday it is. We made it to Thursday, making our progress through the week. A lot going on this week, probably for you as well. So uh, thanks for taking some time to catch up on the news with us. Let's, let's yeah, do it. Here we go. A Springfield man is in jail after leading Greene County deputies on a chase this week. The 45-year-old man is accused of driving drunk while fleeing authorities. He's also accused of kidnapping a passenger who was in his car who was trying to get him to stop. He was driving 90 miles per hour through town, but fortunately no one was hurt. A citizen arrest of sorts in Purdy, a would-be burglar, was detained by neighbors until police arrived after the man attempted to break into a home for a second time. Officers say the man from Mexico broke into a house around 3.40 in the morning in mid-September. He attacked a woman who was sleeping in her bedroom, smothering her until she passed out. Then he sexually assaulted her. That man is in jail without bond, facing a host of very serious charges and uh, hats off to the people of Purdy who again held him until police arrived. Yeah, no kidding. Because he could have gotten away again. Who knows what would have happened the next time, man, that's good for them is right. But that's just horrific. Uh, The Springfield school board decided to delay a vote on, (coughs) sorry, delay a vote on adding gender identity and sexual orientation to its policy regarding free lunches for students. The four to three vote came after Missouri's attorney general sent the school board a letter informing them or urging them to ignore the incorrect guidance, he said, from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which is requiring that language in order to pay for student lunches of kids in the free and reduced lunch program. So. There's a standoff currently. It looks like there might be some legal stuff happening by the state. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll see. A now former alderman in Willard is charged with felony wire fraud and identity theft from his time when he worked at Prime Trucking. Corey Hendrickson, who spent six years as mayor in Willard, was charged this week, the same day that he suddenly resigned from the Willard Board of Aldermen without stating a reason at the time. Uh, He is now accused of embezzling nearly $300,000 from Prime from 2016 to 2021. Wow. All right. A little movement on the controversial plan for the property that sits at the corner of Sunshine and National, right across from Mercy Hospital, just catty corner. Uh, We now know that the newest design will go before the Springfield Planning and Zoning Commission again on December 14th. A developer is hoping to get that rezoned from residential to retail. The developer says his team has addressed changes to the project, including concessions for the University Heights neighborhood, uh, who has been opposed to any development coming in there. Many residents have been fighting it. And uh, if it does get rezoned, it would be an apartment and retail district. So apartments on top, retail and restaurants on the ground floor. But we'll know more on December 14th. Yeah, they made some changes. It won't be as tall as it was going to be. I think it was going to be six stories originally. I think they've lowered that. They've added some trees that they think would be a buffer, but uh, residents, uh, many of them, still don't don't want it there. Not right. in my backyard. 
Uh, Kansas City Chiefs player who was arrested a couple of days ago, we told you about that, is now back at practice. Wide receiver Justin Ross bonded out of jail after being arrested for two misdemeanors, domestic battery and property damage. Head coach Andy Reid says Ross is practicing as he can, and the team is continuing to gather information on the case, and we'll go from there. Ross is due back in court on December 4th. And this is interesting. Uh, A new Missouri law makes sure that the state pays for a highway or memorial to go up when it's honoring a public servant who's fallen. Until now, the family of the fallen had to foot that bill, if you can imagine. Uh, This was brought to light in 2021 when Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz of Wentzville was one of the 13 U.S. service members killed in a suicide bombing at the Kabul airport as the U.S. was very quickly leaving Afghanistan. He was honored with a memorial sign on Interstate 70 in Missouri, yet his family was then billed for that sign. So Governor Parson signed into law a bill in uh, Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz's name, as well as another service member's name, uh, that now says from now on, uh, be it a soldier, a police officer, or firefighter, the state will pay for any public memorial signs or fixtures. Yeah, it was pretty unbelievable. Uh, So I read a really long article on that, and it sounded almost like an oversight, like they didn't really know, you know, that that was happening. So um, that's corrected because I can't fathom that well. So, um, all right. Springfield Community Gardens is getting a half a million dollars in grant money. That's exciting. The funding is for educating and empowering underserved urban and rural Green County communities through sustainable organic food production. That is a mouthful. But essentially, they provide a lot of food to a Healthy lot of food. need. Healthy food. Yeah. Springfield Community Garden is, Gardens uh, was chosen because of its ability to problem solve. They have 16 community gardens in Springfield and they have donated 2 million pounds of produce to the community. That's very cool. Yeah. Good for them. Very cool. So, yep. Big federal grant. Um, A Springfield judge is getting another chance at the Missouri Supreme Court. You might remember us telling you about Ginger Gooch. Well, she is once again among the top three candidates for the position. Michael Gardner and John Torbitsky are also vying for that vacancy due to a retirement. Pretty cool. Go, Ginger, go. Um, All right. Springfield engineering firm Boss is taking over a Joplin Joplin flooring company. Jared Hogan, who's the CEO of Own Inc., has now purchased Joplin Floor Designs, Inc. So congratulations to him and his family. (sighs) We told you about a little bit of a shakeup in the, uh, the high school sports scene, on the high school sports scene. Hillcrest, we can tell you, is now the latest school to join the brand new Ozark Mountain Conference. Hillcrest is also the last team to join before the conference starts in the 2024-25 school year. So the Ozark Mountain Conference now includes Bolivar, Branson, Marshfield, Hillcrest, Carl Junction, Logan Rogersville, and West Plains. So that's interesting uh, how... uh, uh, one of those schools from the Springfield School District is now a part of this. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and be it's a hall for some of those ball games. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of like uh, uh, 
mirroring the college conference landscape where, you know, you got the big 10 with teams all over the country in it. I mean, it, it, I don't like the that at big all. Big 12 it, now has, I mean, I'm in the big 12 and I think we now have like West Virginia, right? I mean, not new, but in the last few years. Yeah. You got like eight, eight schools in there, four schools now. It's crazy. Yeah. So the conferences are changing. It, I don't think it's good for college sports, but it's not about what's good for college sports. It's about what's going to make money. So right. the big 10 really had a pretty good handle on this to begin with. They set out. With the Big Ten Network, which they have, which makes the, its TV money, uh, so they set out to get big markets, big TV markets. So they got Rutgers, which is uh, New Jersey, I think, the New York market, basically. Uh, they went after uh, other places that, like the state of Nebraska, <laughs> the whole state is going to watch, uh, and now out west even further. So it's it's tough to be a fan and go watch games and have rivalries that you used to have, like in the Big right. Ten. It, Illinois, Indiana, uh, and in the, the the Big Eight, Big Twelve, Missouri, Kansas, and all that stuff. It's it's uh, those are fewer and far further in between. Yeah, makes me sad. Yeah, it's a shame. It's all right, um, but it okay. changes all the time. I'm an old yeah. fogey who doesn't like change. It's pretty much I true. typically do, but I mean, because I'm an adventurer, I'm a young fogey. I guess I don't. What does that make me? A young fogey? I don't know. No, an adventurer fogey. Anyway, um, we're both fogies, nonetheless. <laughs> Where are you going with this? No, I mean, I've it's never heard fogey said so, so many times in in one minute. <laughs> it's not just the nostalgia that I that makes me sad about it. Is what I'm saying. I just don't want to drive to West Virginia and watch a ball game. That's all. I don't even you know? know what a fogey is. What's a fogey? <laughs> I don't know. I'm tired. Um, okay. You got a long day ahead of you. I know. Yeah, have much. a great Thursday, everybody. We're yeah, so glad you're Thursday. here. Hey, I should have uh, said I'm just, tired. I feel bad now. We've been talking about rain coming all week. I'm going to encourage you to wake you up. I think today um, is the day that the rain actually comes. So you might want to check with uh, with Abby's wake up weather forecast to find. Yeah, out you how think much so? Rain. Because we've been saying it for two days and we've been wrong. Well, there's been a chance. It's been an increasing chance throughout the so week. So you're saying and, there's a chance. And uh, it's like an eighty percent chance today. So it may be raining as you are watching this, depending right. on when you watch it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Have a good day. See you later. See you guys. It's time for Around the Ozarks Wake Up Weather, sponsored by Scooter's Coffee. Here's your host, meteorologist, Abby Dyer. Good morning, everybody. We are waking up to rain on the radar this morning. It is kind of one of those gloomy fall mornings that you just want to stay in, stay cozy, grab a cup of coffee this morning. Thank you, Scooters, and uh, just... I mean, find a way to stay warm and dry today. It is going to be relatively mild in terms of temperatures. In fact, I have us back into the 70s again, low 70s for afternoon highs today. A good deal of cloud cover, though, is going to linger around through the course of the afternoon. And today, the rain chances are looking a bit more widespread than what we had around yesterday when there was a whole lot of dry time, especially in those afternoon hours. You were able to get out yesterday. It was breezy. It's going to be breezy again today. Already this morning, temperatures are starting out in the low 60s, 62, and uh, the wind is blowing. We've got a south breeze that will gust close to 30 miles an hour once again today. Add the rain in with it, and it's just not nice to be outdoors. Temperature could definitely be worse, though, so at least it's uh, mild temperature-wise when the rain chances are coming down. But uh, 
it's going to be pretty dreary through most of the day today. One of the days you don't want to forget the umbrella. Additional rain chances in my forecast as we head into tomorrow and Saturday and Sunday really too look pretty rainy across the Ozarks. We are starting to see some of that nice fall color, the rain bringing the leaves down in some places. Not too bad with the leaf loss just yet, but the setup for today includes rain chances, not just for us here in the Ozarks, but most of the Midwest is dealing with some form of rain today. There's heavy downpours again today from South Central Kansas all the way back through Central Oklahoma, and uh, this is going to be moving all the way back through portions of Central Texas today, so soggy for a lot of the country. Of course, the significant snowfall event that I've been talking about for days is ongoing up in the Northwest. So I guess in comparison, we'd rather be on the warm side of this frontal boundary and the jet stream, right? A few thunderstorms are going to be possible in the forecast as we head into Friday. What happens is we have a cold front on the way. It approaches very late tonight into early tomorrow morning, and then behind it, temperatures crash for the weekend. Today, enjoy the highs in the low 70s, going about 72 for the high temperature forecast today, but we'll stay in the mild range as we head into Friday, and then temperatures take a dive as we head closer to Saturday, and you'll especially feel that cold air by Sunday. Now, as the front approaches, this is going to be late tonight into early in the day on Friday, a few rumbles of thunder will be possible. I don't think we're talking any severe weather here, which is good. However, rain chances do look pretty high today. Of course, they're going to be widespread. Best opportunity will be along and west of Highway 65, but three quarters of an inch possible in the rain gauge today. On top of it, another half inch possible on Friday. Best chance for the rainfall uh, to come down on Friday is going to be in the evening and the overnight hours. And best chance today is, well, right now, this morning into the early afternoon. I expect that we start to see maybe a bit too much water as we head closer to Saturday. In fact, the Weather Prediction Center already has parts of the Ozarks outlined in an excessive rainfall outlook. This is for Saturday. So just heads up if you have plans for the weekend. It does look like we'll have rain around both days, Saturday and Sunday. I know there are a lot of fall festivals, things going on for Halloween. Prepare for the rain and perhaps too much of it on Saturday. Um, even a half inch could be too much in some areas, just simply because we've had rain and rounds of it coming through over the last several days. The weekend then advertises the cold air. I'm just full of good news this morning. I know. And then we got the cold coming our way for Saturday and Sunday too. Saturday, not as bad. I think we'll see highs fall back to the fifties on Saturday, but we're in the forties for highs by Sunday and potentially talking about the first hard freeze of the season by the time we get to the start of next week. So it is going to be kind of whiplash here with temperatures. Enjoy these morning lows that we have this morning, even though it's raining, it's in the sixties. Uh, that's going to feel really, really good. We'll be wishing for the sixties in just a couple of days. High temperatures on Friday are still in the mid seventies, about 75 degrees for tomorrow. And then rain chances are still in the forecast for Saturday and Sunday. I think they're fairly light by Sunday, but temps will be cold fifties for highs on Saturday. 40s, 45 degrees, my forecasted high temp on Sunday. Then we stay in the 40s for highs early next week, but the sunshine will return for us by Monday. And by that point, we will have had almost nearly six days in a row of cloud cover and rain. So we'll be looking forward to the sunshine by early next week for sure. Around the country, temperatures turning frigid for many of our friends to the north. It's up in the Northern Rockies and the Plains. 
Woo, they are talking 20s for lows tonight. It's going to be pretty cold. Uh, we have potentially our first hard freeze of the season early next week. That's an early heads up to you because models could still change. But at this point now, I've been talking about this cold Halloween forecast. Models really indicating that we're going to get this significant push of really chilly temperatures. And they could arrive by early next week. We're talking first thing Monday morning. So thinking about unplugging the hose from the house, you know, bringing in some of those sensitive plants, getting the mums inside before Halloween, before you can show them off uh, when everybody's walking up to the door. Uh, that may be important by Monday of next week. So an early heads up on that, of course, we'll be updating you that on that every single day. All right, here is the Around the Ozarks Wake Up Weather Brain Twister trivia question for the day. This one uh, I did not know this one either. I feel like I say that every single day. Um, we're both learning <laughs> on this uh, podcast. All right. So here was the question. What element on the periodic table was first discovered in space before being discovered on earth? Do you think it was a silicon B helium C neon or D radium? And the answer is B, helium. Can you believe that? I feel like helium is something that we're so familiar with, thanks to the balloon industry, <laughs> that it feels so accessible. You almost can't believe that that was discovered in outer space before it was here on earth, but B, helium, the answer. So if you answered uh, B, helium on aroundtheozarks.com, you submitted a guess to our quiz question and you got it right, you are now entered to win a gift card, 20 bucks to scooters. Congratulations to you. If you missed that one, here is another chance for tomorrow. This one having to do with Halloween. The history of Halloween can be traced all the way back to which ancient civilization? Do you think it is A, the Romans, B, the Sumerians, C, the Germanic tribes, or D, the Celts? Do you know this one? The history of Halloween can be traced back to which ancient civilization? Submit your guess. Be sure to head to aroundtheozarks.com. It is free to enter. You just have to fill out your name, submit your guess, click submit, and that is as simple as it can get. You can win $20 to Scooter's Coffee. So head on over there and uh, submit your guess to the Around the Ozarks Wake Up Weather Brain Twister question. Thanks so much for listening this morning. Find a way to stay dry today. Don't forget the umbrella and uh, enjoy the mild temps because the cold is coming this weekend. I'll have an update for you again early tomorrow morning. It's time for Around the Ozark Sports Scene with Scott Perrier. Now here's your host, Scott Perrier. Welcome to Around the Ozark Sports Scene. I'm Scott Perrier, and we are talking local and national sports here on our weekly podcast. So let's get to it with our weekly recap and our look ahead of the area sports scene, brought to you by your business name here. We're taking sponsorships, so get in touch with the fine folks here at Midwest Family or reach out to me. We'd love to have you be a part of Around the Ozark Sports Scene, where each week we'll have a pertinent guest on and talk uh, local, regional, national sports, you name it, we'll probably cover it on here. So kind of looking uh, back and looking ahead with the uh, sports scene this week. Of course, high school football playoffs are, are here starting uh, this Friday around the Ozarks. A district play is underway. A lot of the top teams will have a bye this week, but the others will play for the right to survive in advance. That's kind of the name of the game now with high school football is you play, you live another day, 
if you win and you go on from there. Um, we're going to talk a lot more about that here in a few minutes with Chris Parker, the guru of high school sports coverage with the Ozark Sports Zone. But uh, kind of looking back, a uh, good weekend for Missouri State Bears football. They took care of business at home on homecoming against Murray State with a 28-24 win to get to 3-4 and four in the season. Looking now to get back to that 500 mark at 4-4. Four and four. They've got a big test at number 24, Youngstown State, this weekend. So a uh, good chance for the Bears and, and Coach Ryan Beer to get back to even ground on the season uh, in an always tough Valley Conference. Uh, not going to be easy down the stretch, but big accomplishment if you can get back to 4-4 four and four at this point. Evangel, they continue their role. They're now 8-0 on the year, number 12 nationally in the NAIA Top 25. They beat number 25 Friends 20-11 last week. Uh, Coach Chuck Heppel's team uh, continuing to uh, roll on and, and play very well. The Valor at McPherson this Saturday in KCIC uh, conference play there. So uh, Evangel continues their role. Another good day for the Missouri Tigers at home as they thump South Carolina 34-12. Uh, Mizzou now 7-1, and one, their best start in many years. Uh, Eli Drinkowitz has got them playing well and, and making believers out of a lot of people uh, on the national level at this point now. They have the weekend off. Uh, they've got a big test uh, on November 4th when they visit number 1 Georgia, a game that I think we'll learn a lot more about both programs. Uh, are the Tigers for real, and is this Georgia Bulldog team as good as the uh, the team that's won uh, back-to-back national champions and, and maintain that uh, top five status uh, throughout this year and unbeaten as well so we'll see what happens on november 4th uh, down in athens georgia uh, miserable uh, weekend for the arkansas razorbacks and their fans if you watch this game uh, congratulations uh, especially if you did not fall asleep at any point during it uh, the razorbacks fell seven to three at home to mississippi state uh, a game that basically got their offensive coordinator uh, dan enos uh, fired as uh, Sam Pittman just had to do it over the weekend, get rid of him uh, a day later, make some changes, try to get this offense out of its slumber. Uh, Pittman, by the way, is still on a hot seat, a very hot seat, I would think, at this point, as the Razorbacks are 2-6 and six and have lost six in a row. Uh, they are off this weekend, kind of a chance to lick their wounds before they head down to Gainesville to play Florida on November 4th as well. And lastly, uh, the Chiefs, uh, they keep rolling. They beat the Chargers 31-17 to on Sunday. Um, about the time this defense starts getting some of the recognition it deserves. I mean, they're holding everybody under 20 points. They're coming up with the key takeaways when they need to. And while Patrick Mahomes has not been um, maybe the Patrick Mahomes of the past few years, a uh, four-touchdown effort uh, on Sunday kind of showed that, you know, he gets uh, settled in with some of his weapons. They bring Nicole Hardman back. At receiver, that's going to be a plus, I think, for the Chiefs, and they continue rolling. So, uh, Chiefs are at Denver this weekend. Uh, on the surface, looks like it should be a a fairly easy Kansas City win. It's, the Broncos' defense is terrible; their offense has trouble uh, finding the end zone uh, consistently. So, the Chiefs uh, could continue rolling on uh, in an AFC West that they've pretty much locked up already. Now, just trying to get to the finish line there. You know, back in the day, there was a newspaper that you could wake up the next morning and check the scores on everything, uh, whether it was a volleyball match or soccer match or football game or golf tournament, whatever. Well, those days are gone. And now uh, when I need to find out stuff, I usually go to the Ozark Sports Zone website and see their content because that's basically the most comprehensive place I can find uh, things on, on high school sports in the area. 
Um, the guy that is the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain for that, so to speak, uh, Chris Parker, is my guest this week. Chris, thanks for joining me. Oh, I appreciate you having me. Glad to be on. You betcha. Yeah, I think we need to come up with, you know, I think that we've got maybe on Siri or Amazon Alexa or something um, where Ron Hurst gives a forecast, you know, when prompted. I want a Ask Parker uh, for the scores each morning, if I can do that. You think we can come up with that and get get Brian McDonough to foot the bill? Oh, I'll have to go uh, talk to him and see what he thinks. What see what he thinks about it. Well, how challenging is this for you guys? Uh, before we get into some content here, just on the scheduling uh, each week and knowing where to send who and all that. When do you do that, and, and how much time do you spend on that? It's pretty much how I spend my Thursdays for the following week. I kind of look at what's going on and. What are what lines up for the big games and things like that? And then once you get into districts, you're just at the mercy of who wins and when they're going to play. So, for example, I know um, that there's going to be Thursday volleyball games this week, and we're two days away from that. But there's a couple of them that I don't know who the teams are going to be yet um, because they play their districts tonight. So it's you try to get you try to get ahead as much as you can. But at this time of year, you're you're living day by day. I mean, we got state softball this weekend, so. Either uh, Marion Sierra is going to play both their games on Friday, or if they win their first one on Friday, they play on Saturday, and then you got to deal with the rain. So, as much as you try to plan, there's just only so much you can do. Adapt and react to everything, right? Basically, is what you what you got to do on your on your toes there. So, well, again, I I love having you on because we can talk about all sports and and kind of you know those sports fans out there, like I mentioned, that you were used to getting it all in print um, doesn't happen anymore now. So you got to have somebody kind of say. If I could get a summary of everything going on, who would it be? That's when I turned to Chris Parker. And, of course, big news in the last couple weeks was uh, some conference realignment, kind of starting to look like the colleges now with people on the move there. But the uh, formation of the Ozark Mountain Conference was a big big announcement. Since then, we've seen Parkview and Hillcrest be invited to join uh, the league. We've seen Glendale and Kickapoo invited to uh, leave the Ozark Conference and join the COC how does all this shake down, and, and what are your thoughts to this point on what's happened? Well, we first off, we should get some clarity uh, sometime in the next two days. Now, Parkview and Hillcrest were not invited to the Ozark Mountain Con- uh, Conference. They have petitioned to become Okay, a okay. And so is that is that a formality, be- you think, or, or what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, nothing's a formality until it's final. Um, not, not the way everything has gone. Um, Neosho, for example, uh, put out a... Uh, uh, release to their community on voting on whether they should look at because the Ozark Mountain Conference did reach out to Neo Show and uh, they put out some of their community to say, "Would you? What do you guys think? Should we join this conference or stay in the COC?" And came back about mm, 36 hours later and said they're staying in the COC. So just because someone has been asked or is asking to does not mean um, really anything at this point. Um, so it's there's there's still uncertainty there because. You can't imagine that they're going to – I was surprised that all – that the SPS might divide up their schools, um, but th- that seems to be something they're okay with doing. But um, I think a lot depends on what the Ozark Mountain Conference says on kind of the future of the rest of the alignment. For, from a competitive balance standpoint, isn't it best for Hillcrest and Parkview to, to maybe get in another league like that? Because, I mean, it, it can't be fun for those kids and the numbers – probably show it when you know and we're based on football we know things are different in 
in basketball and other sports, baseball, things like that. But that can't be fun for those kids in football right now the way it is. Yeah, and they're both they're both working on building. And I will say this in relation to like I watched Hillcrest and Park do this last week. Saw some good things. Hillcrest played Camdenton within a possession or two for like three quarters a couple weeks ago. So they're they're building there. But in terms of looking at similarly sized competition, I, I mean Parkview Parkview is a little bit smaller, and Hillcrest is a Class Four school. So the Ozark Mountain Conference for size wise um, makes a lot more sense than say going to the COC where. Um, I mean, Kickapoo and Glendale are just larger schools. They're Class Four soccer schools. Glendale is, I think, Kickapoo solidly a Class Six football school. And then even look down and kind of why this, some of the other schools made the decisions. Ozark, Nixa, they're Class Six schools. Even Waynesville's Class Six schools and Joplin. Uh, so it does make a lot more sense, uh, especially when you're talking about a physical sport like football, where numbers matter. I mean, there's a reason why on the basketball court we can have the blue and gold where. Crane plays Kickapoo, but you really can't do it where Skyline plays Kickapoo on the football field. It's a safety issue. There's just more numbers, and it, it, that, that's what it comes down to. So I think from a numbers standpoint, it makes a lot of sense making that move for football. Absolutely, and, and same token, Kickapoo and Glendale to the COC. That seems to make good sense as well. Yeah, they're, they're natural fits uh, in every sense, size-wise, geographic-wise. Um, quality of uh, the overall athletic programs. I mean, we, I know we look at this from a football, but just imagine that conference in baseball. I mean, there's it, it, insane from top to bottom. Um, and, you know, over the last couple of years with how we've seen how enrollments have developed amongst all the schools the, and kind of the trends, I, it makes a lot of sense for them to go there, and I think they're a really, really good fit. And I, I think the CSC, that's why they were proactive and invited instead of reacting. You know, this is kind of like the choosing your team on the playground, though, too, that somebody's going to get left out and have hurt feelings. Who are some of those teams right now that are watching from the sideline going, well, what are we going to do if uh, if the OC falls apart, and what happens to them? Well, right now, you're if you're, you're Lebanon, Camden, Waynesville, and Rolla, um, the four teams to the north, um, you're just waiting to see what happens. Uh, uh, there's, it's entirely possible the OC stays together with eight teams. Um, as we talk right now, um, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of possibilities here. But for those four, the problem I haven't talked to any of the ads or superintendents up there yet. But they've got to be kind of starting to look around and where can we go? Because all of this is driven by football, in my opinion. You can fill out a basketball schedule non-conference because you don't have to play every Friday night. You can play like if we don't have some on Friday, we can play on Thursday. We can play on Saturday. It's pretty easy to move that around. But for football. You have to fill out a nine-week schedule that plays once a week on either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. And then if you don't have that full of, like right now, the OC, the COC, and the Big 8 were all closed conferences. They didn't have to worry about scheduling non-con. You take, for example, once you get into where you're having to schedule non-conference, Battle in Columbia played uh, Wichita High School from Wichita, Kansas, in Kansas City to be able to fill out their schedule because there just wasn't available in Missouri for the week they needed at the competition level they were looking for. Uh, so yeah, we're I mean we're less than a or ten months out from the start of the next football season, and teams got to get their football schedule set. Uh, you got to start playing matchmaker and seeing what schools are the size and the quality that you can play and make it a competition. So uh, that that's the biggest thing hanging out here is if the OC did go away, that's potentially four games that. Lebanon, Rolla, Waynesville, Camden are losing off of their schedule, and they've got to fill out those four on pretty short notice. Do you think the COC uh, 
might sniff around Lebanon and Camden in particular and, and not be done with maybe Glendale and Kickapoo? I haven't heard um, one way or the other on any of it for sure. Uh, just my opinion. Uh, ten, 10 makes sense um, for in the football scheduling. You have a close schedule. It's set every year. Um, you're good to go. And you, then once you get to 12, I mean, you got a true round robin at 10. Once you get to 12, then you have split conference champions. And then you, ask, you question, should we just go to two divisions? And it gets more complicated. 10, a 10 team conference is, is just about the perfect number. So, I would say that they would probably look to stay at 10. Um, you would think that if they were proactive in inviting Glendale and Kickapoo, that if they were looking to go further than that, they would have already. Is the Ozark Mountain an option for either one of those, uh, any of those four Ozark Conference teams if needed? Or are they too big? Uh, I, again, I haven't heard Wayne. you got to think they're probably too big, but I say that they invited Neosho, and Neosho had – they're classified in almost around 1,100. They're, I mean, they're right in line. They're probably bigger than Camdenton, right in line with Lebanon. Uh, Waynesville is a little bit uh, bigger than them. They're a classic football school, but I would, I would think it would be unlikely. Um, I, I would see scheduling. I could see a scheduling partnership essentially, if if it did come to pass that the Ozark Mountains, like Ballover, could schedule Camdenton and Waynesville and Rolla and fill out their schedule. So you could still see them pop up on schedules, but I, I don't think the size makes a lot of sense for uh, being full conference members. So do you think uh, there's more to come on all this and, and maybe even some of the smaller schools are, are kind of waiting to see how it all plays out? I think we're. I think this is the last domino. Uh, I think figuring out whether whether or not the COC is adding to and the OMC is adding to. I think it's. I think it's the last domino. The small schools um, are pretty set. The Big Eight. They released a statement saying they're staying at nine. They're good staying at nine. Um, the SCA out out there east of town. It's it's not going to change. It's a tradition rich conference. Um, the Southwest Conference. They seem pretty solid as well. So. And then the Mid Lakes, obviously, pulling in Catholic, Hollister, and Reed Spring. They've got themselves to eight. They seem happy there, and they, they're all within a decent amount of size of each other. So I would say this is kind of the last, last of this round of realignment that we're looking at. Very good. It is football district time, the most wonderful time of the year. For you, that means every night somebody's done for the year. So you, you're paring down the number of teams you cover from that on, and they just get better as you go deeper. Um do we have any potential state champions in high school football? I know that Marionville's number one in Class One. We got our Lamar and Seneca. You know, Nix is hanging in there in there in the top five. What do you see um, maybe this time next month? Who's still around? Well, I mean, it's going to start with uh, we can start at the top. I mean, Nixa is unbeaten, uh, but the Class Six is such. I mean, it's a different. Once you get to the state playoffs, the Class Six is a completely different animal it, with this the every the st louis schools and those kansas city schools that have all this extreme high level fbs type talent uh but i mean nix has got a program going i they they play together they play well and the biggest thing that they have going for them is they can control the game on both the offensive and defensive lines and you're not you can't compete at the state level unless you start right there and do that. Um, so Nixa, I I'm picking them to win their district, and then that kicks into the quarterfinals where they're probably looking at Lee Summit North. And you win that game, um, Lee Summit North has been number one basically all season in our state rankings or in the Missouri state rankings. Nixa wins that game, then there's no reason they shouldn't be on the short list of state champions. Um, you drop down to class five. Uh, 
it's a it's a class that we've had success a lot of success in uh, over the last several years. Carthage won a couple of years back there. Uh, Web City since they moved up, they've been very good in that class. And uh, for me, the district championship, uh, like if seeds hold that caveat, the district championship to watch would be is Lebanon Republic. If the see if the ones and the twos all get there, that's a heck of a game and a real. You know, that litmus test, COC, OC. Uh, but Lebanon, again, like I started with Nixa, Lebanon controls the line of scrimmages, controls the ball, plays a type of football, just like Web City, that travels well this time of year. And then Web City, they actually go on a different way from Lebanon. They're, um, so I, I, don't, I don't believe that they would actually have to see each other until a, uh, the state semifinal. So we could have an all-local state semifinal. You drop down to... Class four, um, we're a little bit leaner there this year after all the restructuring. Um, a bunch of our better teams like moved up, and Nevada is the top ranked there. They're in a very tough conference with a couple of teams who had to vacate wins, so that district seedings are all a little bit off from what you would think. You, you may see some upsets in that district. Uh, class three, uh, again, Seneca has looked amazing this year. Um, they, I, I can't. I can't think of a Class 3 team that has probably played a tougher schedule than Seneca, and so they're definitely prepared and ready to to take on all comers in that class. Um, when you look at the number one team there, Blair Oaks, um, they're always a load. And then Ava is a 9-0. They're one of the last unbeatens in that entire class. And SCA football, again, both, both Seneca and Ava control the line, can run the ball. Lamar's been at number one in Class, class 2 is where – Everything changed the most with the way they're doing classifications now, making class one smaller. Uh, the class two, it's it's an impossible. There there are a bunch of teams that are have one loss this year that aren't even considered in the state poll because of the top nine in the state rankings. They have two losses total among the top nine, and one of them is Lamar, who's ranked number one. Um, so really, anything could happen there. She got a lot of the traditional powers like East Buchanan and Adrian, who've moved up to make that class even deeper and even more difficult. Uh, Fairgrove is kind of my dark horse because they, they break to the other side of Lamar. So the way the bracket sets up this year with Fairgrove in four and Lamar in five, District five, we could actually see a Lamar-Fairgrove state championship game if it got that far. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, it's, so it, it really got – Fairgrove got the break they, they've been looking for for a while because they've played in seven or eight state district title games. And of those seven or eight, I think they've lost to Lamar in six or so of them. So it's a, it was a very fortunate break. And then Marionville's been the last undefeated team in Class 1, uh, but Portageville's in their district. And for me, that's probably a potential state championship game. Portageville is a very good team. Uh, they beat an unbeaten Class 2 New Metric, New Metric County Central last week by 40 or so. They're like 43 to nothing. So um, there's some quality there. But that's kind of a rundown of who who's who's competing where. Yeah, and, and kind of getting back to that Class 6, uh, you know, it's been very rare that we've got a Nixa-Kickapoo football matchup. Do you see Kickapoo beating Joplin in that uh, semifinal and, and setting that up? Well, that's uh, – well, Scott, right, that, that right there, if Republic Lebanon would be my most interesting uh, potential state or district uh, championship matchup, that one is the one I've got circled for a district semifinal. I, we're going to make picks, and I don't know how to pick that one. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, Joplin's got all the talent in the world, but uh, Kickapoo just plays such such strong defense and plays within themselves so well that um, I really wouldn't know how to pick it, to be honest with you. I, I, it could go either way. 
that uh, and I'm not sure how they're set up now. I, I don't know if it's odd even or what they do. But if we, if we get a Knicks uh, Lee Summit North game, where, which place would that be? That one should be. They are six five. That'd be at Nixa. At Nixa. So, nice. Yep. Yeah. So with all the districts this year, it's an odd number year. So top of the bracket hosts, and then after that they go to for for the quarterfinals, and then after that you go to the who's hosted more and all that stuff. Very so, good. So well, uh, if I, if I but, held a gun to your head, which I promise I won't, and you had to predict on how many and who might be hoisting a state championship trophy. From our area, who you got? I like, I like, I like the small. I like Lamar and I like Lamar and Marionville. To be honest with you, um, Class Five has Cardinal Ritter at the top. They're really good. Class Four, Smithville and Lutheran North are both incredible. And that Blair Oaks program is tough to beat. Seneca would probably be the other one. I I would see potentially making a run to a title game, but Blair Oaks is going to be a, a tough one to beat. And then Class Six is just so deep and strong that uh, there's probably legitimately six teams who could win there six six seven um so I, it'd, be, it'd be it's tough to come out on top of that class if you do you're the best team you're, you're probably the best team in the state in my opinion well i don't know if you know this chris but there are other sports this fall besides football going on um since you have to cover literally every one of them <laughs> uh, tell us about uh, let's start with state softball what do we got there this weekend coming into town uh, the area is down to one team, and that's Morrisville. And uh, we had Willard, Willard, Nevada, Camden, uh, and Cassville all made the quarterfinals. All four of them lost. So yeah, Morrisville is Morrisville Marion Sierra is carrying the uh, torch for the area. They play Jamestown uh, starting to uh, schedule for Friday. We'll see what the weather does, and uh, if they win that on Friday they'll advance to the state title game on Saturday if they lose their semifinal they'll play the third place game that night so that's kind of the only southwest Missouri interest um, at the state softball tournament boys soccer what are we looking at there this fall boys soccer um, Ozark appears to be the class of our bigger class they are a district host and the uh, uh, top uh, tops in the COC they've basically beaten all comers in the area uh, Glendale has moved up this year uh, to class four. So that was kind of a big change, um, with that, with that move. Cause they've been, you know, our standard bearer, to be honest with you in class three for the last several years. So it's kind of opened the door for some other teams to maybe compete in there. And, uh, yeah, Camdenton, Camdenton and the Catholic are the top two seeds there, um, in class three, our local class three district, Rogersville in class two, unbeaten this year, 20, you um, they are, probably looking at like the power rankings that the coaches put out, Rogersville is probably our best chance at a state champion uh, based on, because the Missouri Soccer Coaches Association, they do a whole thing with like basically like BCS rankings. They take results and strength of victory and all that. And Rogersville has consistently been the highest rated team uh, for Southwest Missouri. Um, so they, they look like they are probably the class. And then uh, Fair, Fairgrove is really the last <laughs> Springfield area team that's in class one and they are the they're the three seed in their district so um that's kind of a line out of what soccer looks like do we have a potential state volleyball champion i, I saw my my buddy dan evans has clever on quite a role now too doesn't he oh yeah we absolutely we have multiple opportunities for uh, state volleyball champions i mean starting starting tonight where i'm heading up to waynesville because ozark and kickapoo are playing their district championship at waynesville um make it make sense 
uh, the, the, the going all the way up there when yeah. it's going to going to hurt the crowds, um, it, which I, I was hoping that they were going to move it closer so more crowds could be there like they did with last Saturday. Um, Web City and Carl Junction were to play a district volleyball championship in Branson, and they decided to move it to McDonald County, Anderson. And uh, a lot of the a lot of the communities, both communities, are very happy about that move. Um, but they're they're playing at Waynesville tonight, and the winner of that will get Blue Spring South at Blue Spring South. And uh, you know, again, at, at the kind of like with football at the class six level, there no nobody gets there by accident. Um, so there's really potential for anybody. Uh, Web City, uh, they won in their they won their district, but I honestly think our best chance is probably down in Class Two. Uh, Fairgrove is currently sitting. They um, they won their district last night, and they're 31 and one this year. Um, just incredible. A lot of the same girls who helped them win a state basketball title are back for this volleyball team, and they're on a crazy good two year run. Where last year they went 30 and two. So over the last two years, they are 61 three and six. Wow. Um, just just an incredible incredible run going for the Fairgrove Athletic Program. And yet you alluded to Dan Evans in Class 3. Um, what an incredible uh, job he's done taking over for this year after he retired for, and then they got him right back out of retirement. Uh, honestly, some of their biggest competition is going to be Mountain Grove and Nevada to get to the Final Four. Mountain Grove's 25-4 and four this year. They won a district championship last year and fell on the road – or fell to – uh, Mount Vernon or Nevada, I believe it was, and uh, just uh, couldn't quite get over the hump. But they got a couple of really good high-level volleyball players. And then down in Class One, Galena—they've got one of the better. At, Galena and Jasper are both one-loss teams. Galena is thirty-three, one and one, while Jasper, which is out there, kind of the Lamar area, Lamar, Nevada, they're thirty-four, one and one. And so you could potentially have thirty-three and one versus thirty-four and one in a quarterfinal. And they've got two of the better small school athletes, and honestly, better athletes in in in, in the area. In Crystal Smith for Jasper, she is a state champion high jumper, really great basketball player, and just a game changer on the volleyball court. And Galena has Keisha Walter, who uh, she would she would be she'd be playing for any team in Southwest Missouri, and it, it's just not a class one thing. So there, either one of those teams could represent Southwest Missouri with a state title. Wow! And, and Dan Evans, by the way, has retired more times than Sugar Ray Leonard in his boxing career, too, and, and come out of retirement. So congratulations to Dan to keep getting it done down there at Clever. I can't believe they're a Class three school, Clever. Um, it, yeah, it, it, was, it was weird to see Rogersville and Bolivar competing with Stratford and Clever in the same district. Yeah, yeah, that didn't make sense. But uh, a couple other uh, fall sports I want to touch on, girls golf. I know Paige Bowman uh, came away as a, a state medalist out of Glendale, correct? What, any other uh, highlights there in girls golf? Yeah, yeah. Paige had a really, really good um, two days there, um, and came away leading Glendale to and finishing tied for first. And they both get first. So she shot a seventy-five, seventy-three. Um, and then Josie Roberts was fourth in class four. Uh, Nevada had a Nevada's uh, Emery Cameron committed to Louisville last week. She's only a junior, and she went sixty-seven, sixty-seven. Oh, um, to. To just dominate and showed why that she is a high level ACC level uh, golfer uh, going back to back 67 shot a 10 under um, for the turn or for the tournament just an incredible two days for her uh, New Covenant Savannah Fessing uh, was aiming for a, th- a third state title came up just came up one stroke short um, in her senior season she finishes with two state championships and a runner up this year uh, for New Covenant and then 
over in Class 1, we actually had a tie for the championship with Riley Allred from Ash Grove tying with Cameron Wood from Liberty Mountain View. And the interesting thing with Liberty Mountain View there is this is their first year for a girls' golf program. So <laughs> one year, one champion. There you go. Um, I know girls' tennis, did we did we get kind of shut out of that? I know Nixon won a district, I believe, didn't they? But did we have anybody go far? Yeah, the the farthest was the only team we had at the uh, final four uh, in Southwest Missouri was Thomas Jefferson um, down there in uh, at the Joplin area, uh-huh. and they they took a third or fourth. Um, they did not win it, um, so that was kind of our best finisher there. Um, we had we had some individuals um, do pretty well, but nobody nobody won state. Um, several places across all classes, but we didn't have any finalists. And then cross country uh, that's coming up soon, isn't it? The finals of that. Yeah, we have districts this Saturday. Um, Nixa is hosting a double district, and Lamar's hosting a triple district. And uh, the Nixa boys—they um, are a definite threat to win, to, to to push for a state championship. They might—they're probably the deepest team that I've covered um, in cross country in my ten, eleven years here. Um, they had their one of their JV runners at conference went sixteen thirty-five. Um, that that's going to be top three on most any other team in Southwest Missouri. And he was their number eight guy. Um, they're, they're looking at running 20, 25 deep under 18 minutes or 19 minutes. It's an insanely, insanely deep group. And uh, uh, one of our athletes, uh, athlete of the week from Republic, Gracie Truster, she is a, just an incredible runner. She's, she's hands down the best Southwest Missouri uh, girls runner. So those are kind of the top, top end teams that I'm watching, but we, we typically do well throughout all classes. I'm all the way down to Hermitage in Class One for the boys. They're looking to repeat as state champs. Um, so there, there's talent up and down um, classes one through five. Very good. And before we let you go, I know we'll talk more about it uh, this winter, but uh, kind of give us a sneak peek at high school basketball. Who are we watching in boys and girls uh, this this winter? You know, I'm keeping my keeping my eyes on the usual suspects. I big, the big one for me is honestly Fair Grove. Uh, for the girls, I, they bring. I think they should have everybody back except for Cameron Green, who was kind of their uh, who was their who was their top player. Um, and but they have to have a new coach. But that new coach is a veteran in Gary Green, and he knows everything uh, Fairgrove can do because he coached the Mansfield girls last year, who played against Fairgrove in the state quarterfinals. Um, so they're great. Um, looking forward to looking forward to seeing kind of some of the new names who who can step up after the graduation of some really really high level athletes. And um, you know, Central um, they've they've added Tyreek Brooks from Waynesville. Um, you remember Tyreek Brooks was runner up in the Bass Pro Tournament of Champions Dunk Contest last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, so they've they've got a high quality uh, basketball program over there, and I mean it's proven why they're getting invited to everything they are and then if you go way way out to the very eastern edge of the viewing area the Thayer boys bring back everything for a, for my money Thayer the Thayer boys basketball team could be the best team in southwest Missouri and they're they're scheduling like it they're opening up playing at a big St. Louis tournament St. Louis area tournament they're they're normally in the Kabul holiday tournament they've gotten out of that to really beef up their schedule so they are really they're really a state championship or bust out there Nobody does it better than Chris Parker of the Ozark Sports Zone. Chris, certainly appreciate your time and try to get some sleep at some point before May, okay? No, I'll give it a go. Very good. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Time for our Scott's Thoughts segment. Of course, it's a chance for me to uh, wrap up the podcast with some uh, thoughts and ramblings and musings about 
things in the sports world. Uh, at this taping, the Texas Rangers are in the World Series and trying to figure out who they're going to play, either the Phillies or the Diamondbacks. Uh, that game is uh, Tuesday night, tonight, so uh, the Rangers are waiting an opponent. Uh, nice to see Texas in there. I think it's good to get the new teams in the uh, in the finals, the newer teams that haven't been in in a while. It's been a while for Texas. Uh, fun team to watch. It will be a painful reminder for St. Louis Cardinal fans of what could have been, maybe, uh, the fact that Adolis Garcia, the uh, Texas slugger, big key to their offense and an outfielder, is one of the stars for that uh, team and has been on a, a complete tear here in the uh, playoffs for the Rangers. Of course, he was a Cardinals uh, minor league prospect, spent a lot of time here in Springfield playing, and the Cardinals basically gave him up for next to nothing uh, a few years back. So it'll be um, a painful reminder for the Cardinal fans watching Adolis Garcia tear up uh, somebody's pitching staff. Also, Jordan Montgomery will be a key pitcher for the uh, Rangers in the uh, World Series. Former Cardinals player, uh, they uh, let him go at, at the trade deadline uh, for some prospects. Uh, didn't feel like they could re-sign him in the offseason. Yet here's a guy that would have been a great uh, key figure, um, you know, part of that rotation for the Cardinals next season if they could have come up with the uh, dollar amount. So uh, I'm going to pick the Rangers uh, in seven games regardless of who they're facing. I think it'll be a, a fun series. Uh, kind of hoping that it's Philadelphia because I think if you've got those two offenses going at it, we're going to see a lot of 12-11 to 11 type games uh, in that series with the bats that the uh, Phillies bring as well. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I did not know if you've heard this, but they are a thing. Uh, when will it stop? That's what the football fans are wondering. The NFL loves it because it's bringing a whole new fan base in to figure out who the heck this Kelsey guy is. Um, <clears throat> interesting stats were shown on the screen this weekend of the uh, Chargers game showing uh, Travis Kelsey's uh, numbers, stats, with and without T-Swift in attendance. And believe it or not, he plays better when she's there. So if you're a Chiefs fan, I think you better just bite your tongue and be okay with the fact that she's probably going to show up uh, at most games the rest of the way, and that's a good thing for the Kansas City offense um, when she's in there with Mrs. Mahomes and they're coming up with new uh, celebration de- uh, dances and, and gestures of their own. So if you don't like the nonstop coverage and the crowd shots uh, of Taylor Swift at the, the uh, Chiefs games, I'd say you probably just need to shake it off. Be sure to play the Guess the Chiefs score contest on the AroundTheOzarks.com website for your chance each week to win Chiefs tickets and autographed prizes. I've got some cool stuff on there. All you've got to do is go on and enter your predicted score for the uh, the game that week. Of course, this Sunday there will be the Chiefs at Denver, so get online and, and get your entry in. And if you like this podcast, we are now on all the popular podcast platforms like Apple, Google, and Spotify, and, of course, we encourage you to download the Around the Ozarks app so you can sample all the great content and podcasts for your listening pleasure. That'll do it for this week's Around the Ozarks sports scene. Thanks for listening.